Yes, everybody. I got Barry from Shriekback. He's in for round two. Thank you, Barry. Thanks for coming on. Um, very well. Very welcome, Jeremy. Well, I things are going good for me. I'm just uh, the show's doing well, and I I I appreciate. Let's see. I've just gotten a lot of traffic from Shriekback fans just because of Sticky Jazz, you know. So that nice. that's that's good for me, and I keep pushing for you. But uh, no, the announcement that you were working on album number seventeen. Yeah, well, um, nearly at the end of it, actually. I've been working on it all year quietly, but uh, right now it's just um, <clears throat> just got the mixing to do. But obviously, have to go to a posh studio to get things mixed. So um, that's why we need some dough. So that's why I launched the crowdfunder last and that's, week. That's and why. We, well. Okay, so we're here. Album 17, you're putting in. So you're getting to the mixing stage. How many songs are we looking at? 10, 10 songs. 10 songs. Okay. Yeah. Minimum requirement, really, isn't it? To be an album, I think. For these days, yeah, because everybody's. Everybody's doing the single release and five singles to an EP or nine singles for a full length album, but uh, I wouldn't know about that. We 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 run things on a strictly back of the van kind of basis. <laughs> yeah, you've got some wabs. So, uh, but who's the personnel on this? Are we? Is I, I know you've got Wendy and Sarah. Um, it's pretty much me. It's a it's a Barry centric record, rather like. Big Night Music or um, or the uh, Life in the Loading Bay or um, Cormorant. Uh, so I've been there before, but yeah, um, uh, Carl and Martin were uh, busy with other things and the turnaround was a bit too quick for them to uh, to want to get on board with it. So they're, they're sitting this one out, but we, ho we hope they'll be back on the next one. I think they will. Okay. So yeah, it's me, Wendy and Sarah. I think Carlo Asciutti, um, one of our old... Uh, collaborators uh the guy with the enormous demonic slash angelic voice is going to be on a couple of tracks we think okay um, if so he... and so that's where we're at is mixing um so let's see what was the uh, what was the impetus to get this because we just barely got i mean i know a, a I thousand know. books just came landing just, and we were all very just, happy with that so what, yeah what it just pours out of us like wee wee jeremy it's just <laughs> a wonderful it's, thing it's, co it's copious is it the kind of thing that the, the pandemic brought on you're like there was just well so actually much yeah I, I think i think yeah um there was a lot of building up of juices during the pandemic and I, I i sort of very much went to my bunker acquiring electronic equipment and sort of getting more and more i don't know just building up a, lot, a whole bunch of material really um that seemed to need to go somewhere and and then a thousand books i had with me and carl um as a as a kind of rule when we do an album we split the split the tracks 50 50. So I only okay. had five tracks on which to put all of this um, uh, built-up uh, head of steam that I'd acquired over over the pandemic, and it just wasn't enough. So I think that's that's probably um, a lot to do with why this one came out because just came bursting out of the womb quite quickly. Yeah, over, because yeah. we're all still enjoying the uh, one thousand books, and I don't think uh, I don't think you sold all the copies out there yet. So no, now, that's now true. Got this they new are still available. So. Signed, signed copies too. Um, Actually, so yeah, just, I, I forgot to it's ask you if, if I was just to send you what, how big would the check need to be to just have you grab everything in your vault and sign it and send it to me? Just one copy of everything. How much? Everything. Would, yeah. Oh, I think we're talking the um, the gross national product of a small country. Okay. Well, if I get everything. a copy of that, I, I want one copy of everything signed. The trouble is, we we tried to do a sort of NFT shtick with the the last um, the last album's vinyl iteration, mm -hmm. and uh, so so we said, okay, they're going to be three hundred quid each. Um, so if you buy them, they you know we'll get you have your name on it um it's going to be signed by the band the personal uh little um message 
and they are 300 quid. And um, we promise we will never sell them uh, any cheaper and we will never print any more. So uh, now all the people who who pledged for that have got their album. And now I have a whole bunch of albums that I can't sell for less than 300 quid without Ouch. breaking my word to without the people. Without breaking your word to the fans. All right, yeah, everybody. Yeah. I, I look to... at them on top of the wardrobe every morning. And like, ah, you're still there. So, so yeah. um, well, with this one, okay, so last week I had a bucket list moment, okay? I got to see one of my top tens. So I, I, I knocked out my list of top tens. So now there's only three left, okay, of bands that I've wanted to see live before I die. I mean, there's plenty, but Shriekback mm. is of those three, mm. okay? So I saw Roger Waters from Pink Floyd last week for the oh, really? first for the first time in my life, and I remember and, and and I wrote that in in this Instagram post at the show before it started. Now all that's left is Shriekback, Underworld, and a uh, Hungarian band called Black Nail Cabaret. So, uh with that, well, uh, with, I think with, you're more likely to see Underworld and the Hungarian chaps than us. I I hate to say it's um we have tried believe me jeremy we've uh in fact we did a crowdfunder a few years back to see if we could get to america as, mm-hmm. a, as, as basically the eight-piece live band pretty much the 80s um, right iteration and uh, but when we worked it all out we budgeted it quite carefully and uh including uh, well, excluding the, the money we got in from we would have got in from the gigs it was going to cost us 90 grand and so we we actually did a uh, pounds. So we, we, pounds. Did, okay. we did a crowdfunding for that, and understandably, we didn't quite meet the uh, meet the target. Oh, but really, my. yeah, if, if you want to, to come over, events, to, I'll have to come over there, or just somehow mortgage my house to come and see you guys, because uh, still have to get the band together. I, yeah, no, but, well, Jared, think... my, Jared, my my buddy from here, just from around the corner, he was at the shows you guys did. All right, yeah, in remember Utah. he, yeah, he, yeah, he, Jared, he, um, he was he was telling me about actually being in your studio when you were doing that last bit of recording there, and then he went. Oh, to the right, of shows. course, yeah, 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 of course, yeah, I remember him well. And I just think, you know, one of these days I might do that. I might just say, all right, Barry, let's go to coffee. And here's 5,000 pounds. Get the band together and do a show, you know, that would. Uh, I mean, I, I know you told me what it would take to, to, to what you would need to, to book a show here. And I've already got the local radio station ready to uh and the venue for you guys to play here. I just I need... don't know. I, 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 it, it's the rest of the states that, we, we got to get to work on. I tend to think that it's uh, it's written on the wind performance, isn't it? You know, and it's a it's a wonderful thing when it happens, and it happens in a in a time and space in everybody's life and in history, and that's what creates you know a great a great gig, a great event, and I tend to think that. Um, uh, now those days are gone, in the words of the song, that it's uh, it wouldn't be doable in the same. Indeed, when in 2017 we went we went on stage and mm-hmm. did did a gig and the, you know one or two gigs that was that was fun and that was great. That was like all oh, we're all back together again. It's amazing. And then um, and then we did one gig too many, and it was like you know the the third bottle of champagne. You kind of like. Yeah, those those two, they were great. And then the last one is like, oh no, I shouldn't have had that. Now I feel a bit sick. Oh, okay. And it was, yeah, it was like, no, it's not, it's not the same, is it? It's just not the same. We're not the same people. We don't have the same feeling for the songs that we used to have. We're not all on a, on this mission to go go around the world and you know be the uh, be the dialects of God. It was, so, um, it was kind of like we are. We're just doing this, aren't we? Really. And I, I felt like I, I'm not sure I want to sing those songs on stage anymore. It's, um, they, they, they're, a, they're another person who wrote those songs, and I, I can't quite get behind them. Okay, the nice, the nice going. reference to Hammerheads right there. Thank you for that, Barry. I appreciate. Sure, that. you're welcome. <laughs> so yeah, we can go down memory lane a little bit. No, yeah. that was pretty good. You slid that one in there. That was nice. Um, <laughs> yeah. <come on. laughs> 
Okay, so self-absorbed. I'm constantly um, well. So backing up my own lyrics, so I can spurt them out to. Uh, to well, but that, that's what you. That's what I'm looking take. forward to. Actually, is the that's what I'm looking forward to is the new use of lyrics. The because the stuff that we got from the last, you know, the fire that brought us, the fire brought us together, and all of the first time, and uh, I, I mean, all those. Those lyrics are, I, I'm going to say, that's some of your finest work that I've I've ever heard. I mean, Sacred Cities, even Haunted Box of Switches was was fabulous. You know, I mean, I love that. But the new work, lyrically, is, it's, it is, I'm sitting here thinking, wow, this is, this is uh, a part of Barry's life where he's given us the best. You're pulling out all the stops here. I'm I trying really very hard. Like the new yeah, work. I, I am really kind of... Um... I always find it annoying that um, pop musicians tend to, it's its sort of like what we do tends to kind of peak in our twenties. And then rather like I was talking about just now, the, you know, events of history and where you are in your life and everything all kind of come together and you get this amazing song that just bursts out and is means something in people's lives. And it's, and it's a whole thing. And then the, you know, the, the traditional narrative is that you, as you get older, it's just, you, you start phoning it in a little bit and, um, and it's not so vital as it was and you don't take as much care over it. And, and anyway, you're old and you kind of sort of irrelevant really. So I always kind of, that always annoyed me that that, that seems to be the, uh, the accepted wisdom about what happens to pop writers. And, uh, and whereas novelists and architects and classical musicians are meant to just get older, like fine wine and be like, you know, oh, I'm not in my nineties yet. I'm still not doing my best shit. And I, I always resented that. So I thought I'll, I'll try even harder then to make something really, really good. And um, it's because we can take as long as we like, and we haven't got a record company leaning over our shoulder going, oh, don't need a single. You can't use that word there. They won't play it on the radio. Um, I feel like free to do that, really. So it's um, so it is a good time like that. And thanks for noticing. Oh, it's it's like I I'm excited just because of how good that last record was, and I'm if if that's something to base this off of, I'm I'm really looking forward to to what the new stuff is going to be. I mean, you you took. You know, for all of the first time, right? There, there, there. You were. You started off with just talking about a situation of love and compassion between two people, you know. And then suddenly, wow, there she is. She's the one you spend your nights with. And then you move on to the next point that's happening in a person's life, and the next point, and then it also expands to the world becoming what it is. And it's it was like lyrically you're starting out with just this innocent happiness of two people who just mistakenly cannot get get away from each other, and then hey <laughs> where it is now I'm like God Barry's nailed it, like this is this is you know, and now here you are doing uh, another one I I'm just I, I'm just thinking it's gonna be that great as well. Um, but and you've so got one so. <laughs> no pressure there. <laughs> if we got ten songs, ten songs that I'm looking forward to. Um, has it been a lot of fun writing these? Yeah, loads. It's just uh, like, like I said, there's I was I was feeling kind of quite cocky actually, um, around about the summer of the, of this year, because it had all just come flowing out, and I was like, oh god, I'm so fucking good at this, man. Jesus. I should <laughs> so walking around feeling pretty pleased with myself. And, and then it kind of started to, all right, now we've got about eight tunes now, so I need a couple more. I'm going to just work on these and get, and get the get these eight, like, really good. And uh, and then the other two, I'm sure they'll come. They're just, yeah, because obviously I'm just, you know, it just, just pours out of me. And then uh, I noticed that actually I can't think of anything. Oh, shit. And I just had good old-fashioned writer's block um on the on the ninth and tenth song which is which, which is thankfully broken now but there was a couple of months of just nothing's happening and it really did kind of humble me in the sense of um yeah you know you th you think you're you're in control of this thing you know you think you've got some sort of mastery over it but actually you're uh you just got lucky 
and uh, and all that flow that was happening was due to all sorts of other things and you you were no more in control than you ever are it's just uh just purely when the uh when the, the when the muse feels in a good mood and so those were the first eight were were these marvelous flow of of creative excitement and then it took yeah. a while to get to barry's ninth Barry's ninth, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. coral. <laughs> I had to. I I just oh, I, was like, oh, I gotta take that. It's so long is because it's an hour and a half long. I suppose that's why. I gotta take that joke. I gotta I gotta make that one happen. Yeah, um, music, Beethoven jokes. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, I was sort of the Beethoven jokes. Well, yeah. yeah I, well, Matt Johnson from the the talked about he he was like he said he had been doing. His yoga and was swimming and practicing, you know, doing his vegetarianism and his meditations every morning. And he said, hmm. and I couldn't come up with a goddamn thing to say. Yeah. He said, and then I was so <laughs> I frustrated, you, got really drunk, lit up a fag. And before I knew it, the lyrics were just flowing like yeah. that. Well, you know? yeah, sometimes. But then, you know, sometimes the opposite's the case. And I i can't think of a single situation where i to try to get out of that kind of a block i've tried all sorts of things you know like you know be be totally straight edged like matt or um or get totally fucked up stay up all night on speed um go away somewhere else and think about something else uh all of these things sometimes they work and sometimes they don't and it makes you it makes you realize really that none of these things are are actually you you um none of these things are actually relevant to whether whether you can make things happen in in your head or not there's uh -huh. a novelist called russell hoban who said I, I i think about well one of his greatest books he said uh i think it's just a case of getting on getting on good terms with your own head and i i can't think of a better way to say it than that it's, but that um, was that was barry's ninth though <laughs> we got it it finally got to that point we finally got to it yeah yeah it's and then and then again they sort of they come out kind of a bit tortured sometimes okay you're trying so hard by then i mean the um the uh analogy i always use is apple bobbing you know halloween when you do the mm -hmm. yeah 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 bobbing in a, in a bowl of water and uh, and the, the secret with that is not to push too hard or the apple just goes away from you doesn't it but then, on the other hand, if you don't push hard enough, then um, then yeah, you still can't, can't grab grab the apple. So somewhere in between, but in a way that's almost unknowable, it's almost just kind of just luck. You um you manage to actually occasionally grab one out of the bowl. Okay. Well, what are some of the themes for this? Again, I th th this is so cool because I'm talking to one of my absolute favorite musicians of all time, and I can say, "Hey, I love this." It. What are the no? You like top ten, man? Roger Waters and the Hungarian band, and now you know this is uh, <laughs> Black Nail Cabaret. It's like a dark Depeche Mode with a female singer. They're I'll they're amazing, that. yeah. Um, but and and of course Roger Waters from Pink Floyd. It was one of those. But you know I've done U two. I've done you know all these other bands that have been on my in in my slow drip for the last thirty five years. Uh, but uh, uh, Shriek Back, like even even the T shirt that you gave me, we used for the movie. I still wear that. I'm still laughing about. I mean the time <laughs> I walked in. To interview the guys in my life with a thrill kill cult and they looked at me and said shriek pack are gods and i was like yes in fact they are you know that was that was a moment where i i was cool to somebody else because i had a shriek pack t-shirt on um but what what are the themes for this album uh i mean if yeah, you were to, because you, we covered a lot of the the political landscape and the shift and the change there um, the idea of okay, Barry might be bringing back science themes and whatnot. Maybe the, I guess the Queen passing wouldn't wouldn't have made it onto this record at this point. But no, but what, are, what no. are some of the themes you're going to be covering not so in far? Um, I, I I don't know. It's, it's not very easy to. There's a bit of love and loss going on. There's some. Um, uh, oh my God! Oh yeah, there's one very political song. 
which is called Babies Flooding the Z Baby Floods the Zone. Um, there's one philosophical song, uh, very much in the uh, in the in the um, atmosphere of uh, why anything, why this. Okay. Which is, which is some uh, tune called Brute Fact View, which is talking about um, uh, the problem of causality in philosophy. Um, there's one song about um, a kind of tongue-in-cheek version of uh, acquiescence in um, maybe maybe death, maybe um, just subsuming your yourself in a religion called "We All Lie Down in the River." Um, uh, something called "Safe Word," which is a big funky thing, um, which is kind of like a love song with a and, uh, and just riffing around the theme of um, when things get really, really bad, wouldn't it be great if there was just a word you could say and make it all stop? <laughs> uh, but that's that's just kind of a piece of fun, really, isn't it? And <laughs> oh, else, uh, the, the latest one, in fact, Barry's Ninth, is, Barry's uh, ninth. is a song called Ambergris, which is, uh, is a kind of whale vomit um, that they use in perfume. Yeah, now they make perfume out of, yeah. That's right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But when it first first time it comes out of the whale, it's it smells exactly like shit apparently. Um, but then you have to leave it for like eighteen months, and then it becomes like perfume. So you know, I took that as the conceit for my for my, for my ninth. That's Barry's ninth, right there. <laughs> Jeez. Well, you, you know the you know the joke. Uh, there, this is a joke. It has no. Uh, just referring to safe words. You know, it made me think of the joke. You remember what Kofefe is, is uh, Trump's safe word to Putin. You know? All right. Okay. <laughs> he let that slip, did he? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, so um, would it, if, if another band were to ring you up and say, I mean, okay, like I, I got to talk to the guys in Fluke since. Oh, did you, oh, you said, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Michael. Yeah, and love. I mean, I love Fluke. Those guys are great oh, God, too. But but yeah. but they said it was. They said playing that 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 live clip with you was amazing. He said, you know, that was that was quite the honor being able to to do that with Shriek back. Um, was it? Me, did you do the interview with John as well? Uh yeah, I had yeah, I had them both. I had oh. um, and. It's oh, we just needed Rachel in there, and it would have been complete insanity. I mean, you know, fluke word, but that video clip of you guys doing Toshi like that, right? Um, uh, what I mean, how fun was that? I, 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 rem I remember looking at that video thinking, God, this is one of the most amazing things to see both of these bands on the stage performing like that. Yeah, I haven't done that with another band. I think the last time I was in a situation like that was with XTC and Talking Heads on stage at the Bataclan in Paris when we tried to sort of merge the two bands for the encore. And it was a fucking disaster. Actually. It was terrible. But then but, we, did, uh, we didn't, didn't have go. <laughs> we were really loud and Talking Heads weren't. And the whole thing was a mess. But um, uh, in this case, we had a bit of preparation and... Uh, and it was very clear that they were going to do the electronic side of things, or Mike was, and uh, me and John were going to share the vocals, and everybody else was going to do their uh, acoustic because it was the acoustic shrieks period. So you had Lou playing the uh, the Saz, I think, and my mm -hmm. percussion, and and Simon Edwards just doing this nice big uh, round bass, and so yeah, so nobody was treading on anybody's toes. So that's, uh, that's the secret. It turns and, out. And Barry had this, the the range. I had that. The, yeah, the harming the tree. Stick, yeah. Oh, that what you call it? Yeah, we, we call yeah we call it the rain stick here. Yeah. I don't know. No, rain sticks a different thing, isn't it? The harming tree has lots of little speakers on it, and it's uh, attached to a cassette machine that plays a sound called rat morse. <laughs> okay, See, the things you guys come <laughs> up with are sound. No, but um, gee, that that bad clown experience. I actually saw the Bunnymen there when I lived in Paris. I went and saw oh, Echo yeah. and the Bunnymen and the Levelers actually. In hmm. when I lived, I don't know if you've ever seen the Levelers live, but that's uh, that that's one of the more um, violent sonic experiences that you could imagine. It was great. Okay. Yeah. 
but Bataclan, wonderful club. But you're, you're talking about, I'm like, well, so you had Lou up there and he wasn't trying to play Jim Bush. Wow, that was, uh, that must have been no, quite he's, the... Uh... He's settled on the Saz for this tune. <laughs> so it's, a, it's a, bit, a bit more of a civilized creature, the Saz, than the Jim Bush. So is is Lou going to be on this record as well, or is he? No, no, it's pretty much me and Wendy and Sarah, and maybe a bit of Carlo, but that will that'll be it, I think. Okay. I think Martin might be on one of the tunes if I end up using his drums. But mostly, it's all sampled stuff. So there's gonna so the the better part of this is gonna be in the mixing. That's what Barry needs to to pay for on this. Yeah, um... yeah. Well, the mixing and the manufacturing, because uh, as uh, your punters will see, if they go to streetback.com store and you'll see all the rewards for this album laid out there in their magnificence. And there's lots of things like um, there's a, a memorial, memorial, um, a, I don't know, a ceremonial <laughs> three, three album set of the, the three malicious damage albums it comes in a lovely box set and it's all very beautiful. Things like that, Restaurant for Dogs, first album, uh, all of this stuff that needs to be manufactured, um, so selected lyrics, uh, second volume. Mm -hmm. So in order to produce these rewards, paradoxically, we have to uh, spend some money to to actually make the rewards. Yeah, they get them printed. To generate yeah. the money, if you know what I mean. So, um, yeah. so there's all that, as well as paying for the record. So, so if deep people of Utah, oh right, Utah, everybody, I got I got people in Kiwiland where your son lives that listen to my show. Oh so. right, okay, yeah, I was I was I lived in the get all one this time. stuff out of my spare room. <laughs> it's so... he's, a, he's a dad now, by the way. Oh, there is a granddad. I'm a granddad. Yeah, he's oh, wow. uh, got a little granddaughter called Paloma. Oh, well, congratulations. Thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah, no, mine are teenagers still, and that's, um, oh. yeah. Yeah, I was, uh, I, I had the Barry haircut long before I got married, but uh, everyone thinks that that might have been it. No, I was bald long before my kids came along. But um, <laughs> if, if some magnificent band were to knock on your door and say, hey, could you take the road with us for a, for a spell? Would you guys be up for playing some live if you were touring with someone else, or, or would that be kind well, of the? I, so... Jeremy, honestly, this this is a this is a, a a huge square in the circle kind of conundrum that we've chewed around, you know, in various yeah. situations over the last few years. Martin, in particular, always goes, but why can't we play live? And uh, the answer always is. One, there's only three of us, so that's kind of in the way that everybody plays. It's not really enough to make an, a big enough sound to play live. Mm -hmm. Two, if we were to play live, we'd have to do all the old songs, all the old songs, which require the eight piece, and which kind of, they kind of do unless you put stuff on tape, and then the, the whole thing would be, oh god, this is how the mighty have fallen, right? You know, we used yeah. to. Have, Dave Allen and Martin Barker, now we've got a fucking wav on a computer, on a laptop. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm staring yeah, at it. okay, I, I hear it's, you, yeah. It's not a very exciting idea. I think, you know, best, best to have our memories, love. You know what I mean? So, oh, well, uh, okay, I'll, 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 I'll pay you guys to do an acoustic show one of these days where just a uh, nice, yeah. intimate, you know, Barry at his piano and he... He he does this soliloquy. Oh the, yeah, yeah, and, and, actually, and actually. then tells a couple of stories, and then plays them on the piano, and we all go, ah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'll arrange for that. I did something like that at the uh, what's it called, the something lounge in Salt Lake, back in um, two thousand three. Yes, and I was actually married and on my honeymoon during that whole situation oh. i wasn't living in salt lake at the time but i was like I, I totally can't believe that i missed that but it was it was not a great night to be honest it was uh i was i was trying to get a bit of a it was a kind of like a disco crowd and i was trying to get my cabaret shit on and it was uh, everyone was just <laughs> drunk and talking over everything i was doing so, fuck it then <laughs> just uh, oh yeah actually i tell you get to the end <laughs> no, I was something lounge. Lizard lounge. Uh, there was urban lounge. Urban lounge. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's still around. Yeah, it's still the happening oh. place. It's uh, 
Yeah, and I, yeah, I went and saw Peter Hook in the light there. Um, couple other just local, yeah, we they do a David Bowie Lou Reed tribute show there every year where just all the local <laughs> bands come and play. Um, but may, maybe if I make it over the UK and can scare up enough, I don't know, I'll find a way to have a, a oh, live, uh, a live Barry talk, experience. Talking about, um, talking about a cabaret piano, uh, one yeah. of the rewards we've got is is a thing called Haunted Box Me. And uh, this refers to the um, the two Haunted Box of Switches, yeah, Haunted Box of Switches albums, which is basically me doing various songs, some original, some um, streetback songs in a piano and voice version. And this reward is if you can think of a streetback song that you'd like to hear me or me and Carl do as a, as a piano tune, then um, you can send us some money and we'll do one for you. So oh wow! A, yeah, it could be a lot of fun, especially. It could be a bit of a challenge as well, like some of the tunes don't lend themselves very straightforwardly to piano, uh, piano and voice. But it would be fun to to work them out, I think. So yeah, to throw that gauntlet down. Well, you but you're not you're not afraid to experiment. I mean, you took uh, when you did Cayenne Seisman, right? The um, the oh, yeah. Zydeco <laughs> accordion version of Nemesis for crying out loud. It was it was amazing. <laughs> you know that was the. I, I loved that piece too. Um, I just, I love what you guys are able to do. You're just how the directions you're going to be able to take it. Uh, do you know Nick Durden? Know who he is? Um, he's a journalist. And I, I interviewed him last week for my show. Well, two weeks ago, his, his episode just went up. But he, he pointed out something interesting is that a lot of us, we have the neophytes, you know, guys like myself or, you know, the ones who get into the band and we we enjoy stuff beyond the radio hits. We enjoy the stuff beyond that. And everybody else says, OK, so the band can go, they do their records and then they do the best work that they did in their 20s, maybe early 30s, and then we're done. And we don't expect them to do anything more than the nostalgia, go and play the shows play the old songs and mm. we're all going to be happy with that. I said, but then there's those of us who are the, the, the psycho fans. I wouldn't say, you know, but he said, there are those of us who say, <laughs> Hey, the unhinged fans. We love the new stuff. We love where it keeps going, you know? And he said, there's the, the, the fandom for these bands, you know, the one side we only like, we, we're only really expecting the nostalgia out of them. And we'll go and see that for a show. And then, the the artists are going yeah that's just the easy cheeky gig i want to keep doing the real thing the good stuff i i like like you had said earlier that fine bottle of wine that gets better as we get older right yeah and that there's that line that's been drawn and well, i see i see that's where you are you're in that that fine wine cellar you know that new stuff keeps coming up that's really good you know. Well, that's nice to hear, Jeremy. I think, um, I'm glad to think that. I I was thinking um, a few years back when we were sort of chewing over this insoluble problem of can we play live? How how could and then maybe do as a three piece? And we're doing backing tracks, and then we hire a lot of people in, but then we couldn't have any money to that. So I'm just going over to to the point where it's oh fuck it, I'm just so fed up thinking about it. Um, and I remember I listened to uh, an interview with Miles Davis at the time, who was going back on the road sort of now by now, sort of in his 80s, I think. Mm -hmm. And he, everyone said, oh, yeah, you're going to play that one from you know early on, you know, that one that everyone loved. And, uh, and he was like, no, there's no way I'm playing any of that stuff. You know, that was all then. I know I'm, the whole thing is going to be completely new, obviously. Mm -hmm. and, uh, Miles, you're so brilliant. Oh. I said, yeah, Miles, you are. That's exactly what you should do. So then I had the sort of thought experiment of, right, here we are, we get sort of maybe hire another couple of musicians and rehearse up like a whole new experimental set and it's all like new material and it's really some, some very long stuff, some quite improvisational things. It's fucking absolutely, you know, cutting edge, shriek, well, that's what we're into now. And then you go out and just had the, had the thought experiment slash fantasy of uh, being somewhere in, I don't know, Milwaukee, say, 
and uh, and there you are and there's a bunch of people who nearly everybody in the audience saw you back in the day or heard about you back in the day or you know listened to nemesis when they were at college and uh, and they're all they're all queued up in the cold and now they're in the gig and uh, and then you go on stage and in spite of all the people screaming out you're going no fuck you i'm not playing nemesis, I'm not playing or, nemesis. Oh, fine. <laughs> and quite what a horrible experience that would be <laughs> doing yeah. that night after night. <laughs> how cruel it would be um <laughs> so yeah so that kind of put the kibosh on that really yeah you know, either really can we yeah shoot but uh there'll be some sort of happy medium one of these days you'll get mike kotze what's he doing mike kotze what's he up mike kotze's in a in a peter gabriel covers band far His out name escapes they're extremely technically accomplished and yeah they play all these songs that sound just like peter gabriel well because uh peter gabriel was bucket list saw him but i i've always put you guys next to peter gabriel actually in the not genesis now work with me here okay genesis is not the band is 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 not my love of peter gabriel okay my my and people go because like they'll just uh go oh, peter gabriel slash genesis no peter gabriel separate from genesis yeah I, and and yeah. i look at Shriekback as being that as i mean i always have as the completely experimental I'm going to take wood world computers synth and anything other than Phil Collins tripe kind of thing to make music with. Right. And I always loved that. I loved how crazy Peter Gabriel is willing to get. And I always put you guys in that same club. And so to hear my Kotze playing over there, that kind of just works. Yeah. Yeah. You should go and see them. They're uh, extremely good. Oh, if they, they ever come... the, the, the something system or something, it's got a very sort of technical sounding name, like the the uh, the something project, the the technical project. I, know, I can't remember. But, but yeah, it's, if you if you just Google it, I'm sure you'll find them. Okay. Well, um, so shoot. Uh, when when do you hit the studio to to do the final mixing? When what's first of October, when? Jeremy? First, first of, of October. October. So yeah, we have the rest uh, of the month. To finish uh, off, we got another day in the studio with Wendy and Sarah, <clears throat> and then um, it's heads down till the thing's finished. Really, heads down to the mixing. Well, I'm going to be sending my my contribution over, as meager as it is. Well, wow, thank you. Very it, much. I hope that it at least gets you what seven minutes of studio time, right? <laughs> I don't know how <laughs> oh, much it's. How will we spend but... those seven minutes? It's the Jeremy <laughs> minute that are coming it's up now. Come on, let's do something yeah. great. But um, I'll shoot and greet the two ladies for me, Wendy and Sarah. I, Post, I, I tried yeah. saying hello to one of them the other day. She didn't respond on Facebook. I'm like, look, I'm All a right. big fan of interview Barry. No, no response. But they're not, they're not big Facebook, my Facebook users. <clears throat> Although, uh, Sarah did send me a picture of a, uh, a photograph of a, a horse with a chicken on its head uh, for my birthday a couple of days ago um because she she surrounds herself with animals now she lives in uh yeah in country, on quite a, they both live together now actually in uh with their husbands in um this little kind of enclave in the uh in the west country with like loads of land and horses and alpaca and chickens and uh, dogs and all sorts it's a uh, quite a bucolic place they've ended up you you told me about that. They live in a place where the last name Partridge seems to be kind of the norm. Oh, that's right. I told you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah she was uh, Wendy was in a band called the Pin Drop Club, and they uh, yeah, there were three other people all called Partridge in the band, and they weren't related. No one was uh, related. Yeah, that's crazy, yeah. Well, it would happen in Utah as well, but um, or no, we actually they all would be related, but at least <laughs> which of the yeah. great grandfather's wives was it you know but uh yeah they yeah were of course the yeah 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 well, it's it's legal there isn't it oh yeah no like the, the whole story it was really funny because when i was in, in in junior high school what in eighth grade right there were all these polygamous kids whose parents were still practicing polygamy and they were like oh, oh yeah he's my cousin she's my cousin she's I, she's my half sister, my half sister, whatever. I had one friend, she had 26 siblings. 
Wow. All the same last name. And they had just like, you know, overtaken the school system, you know, and so that was it was just funny, like, oh, you know, George's kids, and I'm just kind of like learning about that as I'd moved to Utah and, and had this exposure of like, wow, so that's the real that still happens. They're like, Yeah, that's us, you know. So um, moments are right out there, aren't they? It's amazing. It's uh I'm, I'm out of it. I am done, man. I, I I got up, I got up and walked out. But um all right, everybody. So we have uh Shriekback, you got uh, till the end of the month to send the money over. Yeah, I, 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 I looked I looked it up. It's uh, I launched it on the eighth of September, so we've got till the eighth of October. But um it'd be really nice to get all the money. I was I'm about halfway there. I've got about fifteen grand and I need thirty to get to get the whole thing done properly. Okay, um, everybody. Uh, yeah. So yeah, let's. So we we've got it straight from Barry's mouth. We're looking for this kind of a a very scaled down Barry centric album, and I'm very I'm excited for Barry's ninth myself. That one seems to be the the hardest one you got to get to was Barry's ninth. So yeah, well, it's, actually, I don't have the tenth yet either. But I'm sort of wait. I'm waiting. Uh, again, it's apple bobbing. I'm some don't want to push it, but don't, you've got to get get done by October. But it's still um, sort of there. I mean, you, you maybe you got a piece or two of it, or yeah, it there's a few gonna... things floating around, but nothing has really kind of come to focus yet. So I'm I'm hoping that'll be a nice little present for the for the muse, uh, for being good. <clears throat> there are so many bands that that told me that you know they they got into the studio, and there they were. They're like, oh crap, we do have to write a song. We have to do it in the studio. And they said, there's nothing worse than that is when you're oh, in the studio I, and it's just I just, just uh, it's uh, i mean we use uh, care our second record we're written completely in the studio oh okay um, see uh, i have great. i have a printed one of these days i'm just going to send you a big crate and say bust out the sharpie and here's my return address and just just Sign it all and send it back to me. Very happy to do that, Jeremy. Yeah. I've got a beautiful print of care, a beautiful Dutch print of jam science. I've got so much gnarly, wonderful Shriekback vinyl. But you're talking about <laughs> care. I'm like, oh, care was such an amazing record. But you did that whole one in the studio? Jeez. Yeah, that's, uh, it was it was real beginner's luck, I think. We just went in and said, uh, okay, we've got 10 days in this demo, our publisher's demo studio. And um, we just went in with nothing. And came out ten days later with a with the, the album. Oh, it's so a it remarkable. Record, yeah. <clears throat> and then we uh, we sort of tried to do do it on a couple of other occasions, and it was like very scary because you're just going to run out of money. And when you've run out of money, and there's nothing else you can do, what are you going to do? You've got to re release an album, and mm -hmm. it's going to sound shit. And then you're going to man, it's all rubbish, and you just fucked it up royally because <laughs> it's, it's so white knuckle ride doing it really because i know a lot of other I bands i'm too old are... for that kind of excitement now i don't want to do that okay other bands have said no we have maybe each song is 80 percent done written we know what it's going to sound like and it's just we get to the studio ready plug in and hit record let's make it happen they said the worst is when we're we're trying to figure out what we're going to do. And then there's somebody knocking on the door. Hey, how far are you guys gotten in there? You know, yeah, yeah. Said, yeah, that's the worst part of it. So, you know, you have to, the you have to keep, is, keep yeah. your head in those, in those occasions and somehow manage to be kind of, it's just, we're just mucking about. We're just having a laugh. I wonder what would happen if we did that. Oh God, it's really scary. We're running out of money. Shit. You have to kind of <clears throat> find a find an accommodation with those two modes. Well, how about <laughs> just, tell tell us what was the the one song that you were in there and you were just under pressure, but then you came out with a gem. Well, what which one would that have been? Um, well, actually, uh, "Brink of Collapse" was a uh, oh, we sort of okay. reached a point of like is this going to work or not? And then it was time to mix it. And then we'd sort of, and then we took the first version and, and threw it away, had that actual tape and threw it away. And then we tried for the rest of the day to mix the thing. And it was still, it still didn't really work. Still. And then somebody said, uh, maybe we should listen to that thing that's in the rubbish. So hang on. So sort of picked it out. It was sort of dog ends and bits of chewing gum and picked the tape out of the, out of the rubbish bin, put it back on the quarter inch machine. 
and played it and it was like oh no that's really good actually isn't it yeah okay then all right it'll go with that (laughs) i love these stories these are what makes it awesome so um all right well i'm gonna put this up everybody please go to the uh shriekback uh the we'll go to the store and buy Treeback.com and find all, all the rewards under the, under that. Find the rewards there, but <clears throat> dump whatever you can 15, 30 bucks, 100 bucks into the crowdfunding and let's get this let's get this opus mag awesome out of it's called there. it's called bola hula by the way bola hula yeah and wait yeah, did, yeah. Get, where, where'd yeah. that idea come from for that name actually bola hula is a um one of the uh areas of it's it's partly an area of the city and partly an area of uh the human body uh imagined in one of blake's william blake's poems <clears throat> it's quite a lot to go into but yeah that's good sound it sounds like bowling and hula hula isn't it? yes that's what i thought I, yes actually <laughs> that is exactly what i thought i thought it can't it's, be it, that it can't be that guts. simple it's the guts of the body and uh it's the kind of industrial part of this imaginary city that blake conjures up in his poem milton well there we go some some william blake yes and one of these days i'd like to see the 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 book collection of gray reads my wife has taken half of my books and put them out to send off to the donations to it's like yeah you, you've read that you don't need to read it again but yeah. I like having books, you know, because I like having books and vinyl records and CDs. They're, and they're nice to look at, aren't they? Just and think about, oh yeah, that mm, that's the that's the little mind space that lives in that. Andy Partridge told me once it was. Uh, he said when he looks at somebody's bookshelf, he says it's like looking at their soul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, the longest time it was. I, I if I dated a girl, I'd I, or if I went on a date with a girl, I'd walk into her place. Chat totally, yeah cd collection and books i needed to know what she was listening to yeah yeah, yeah. oh no, no point I, pursuing it if uh <laughs> i i can't date a girl who likes whitney houston i can't you know it's uh <laughs> and but uh like i don't know my my wife when we were dating she she was like she's like wait who is this wait who she couldn't like she'd never heard of even a tenth of what i was listening to and she still married me, so I'm, I'm, you know, did I did pretty uh, good there. But you were, you were her guide in the, uh, in these unknown places. Oh my gosh! But like, I took her to see Peter Hook or Australian Pink Floyd. It's like, oh, that's a Pink Floyd song. Okay, I've heard that. You know, I'm like. <laughs> but um, actually, funny. Uh, I so my daughters have been watching that show Gilmore Girls and that's gotten the uh, the the band XTC a big spin as of late the last few oh, yeah. years yeah they, well, they play okay. a bunch of XTC songs um I can't earn enough for us and love on a farm boys wages and stuff like that those are all great songs I'm like okay girls now Barry was in XTC at the very beginning and then he went on to do Shriekback and I, I got to try and nudge my daughters into listening to Shriekback now <laughs> even more so maybe they had to get you on the gilmore girls and you know a couple of songs there and then or, or like kate bush she's now gone magnificently huge because of one song on that show stranger things you know so, so yeah yeah get something uh, well, like that to happen yeah i'm happy to play the netflix lottery that'd be fine oh yeah i mean well again like band of the hand which had your music in it um the, uh, the 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 attempted Hannibal Lecter Manhunter, right? You know, the, the, Michael Mann did a lot of good work with you guys, but mm. I I think that there should have been, I mean, Manhunter should have totally been the gotten everything that Silence of the Lambs did. You know, I mean, Manhunter was such a great film. It just didn't have the 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 people loving it the way that. You know, and but you and I have also talked about that. How I think that Brian Cox was a far better Hannibal Lecter than Anthony Hopkins. So, um, not just because I saw that movie first, it was just I don't know. I, I if I throw my two cents into it, Anthony Hopkins was coming across trying to look like a psychopath, 
and Brian Cox as Hannibal Lecter, the the one in in in, in the Manhunter. He was the guy that you would have actually gotten along and trusted and wasn't acting creepy. And that was what people like, I don't know. Anyway. Um, so, hey, go watch those movies. Give Shriek back a spin there. They were in um, Band of the Hand and uh, Manhunter. Those were the two big ones that Michael Mann used your work in. Um, but in the meantime, go out to shriekback.com forward slash store. Buy some things. And drop some cash in to the making of Bola Hula. And, well remembered, Jeremy. Yeah, so no, I, I saw that. I was like, oh, Bola Hula, uh, it's bowling and hula. That that's immediately what came to yeah, okay, yeah. But, but the, the, the visuals of trying to bowl while hula hooping was what came to mind. I was like, good, I could good imagine white, that. White trash fun you have to think of. But I thought that is white so trash fun on holiday. But I knew that's not what you were pointing at. I knew that's not what you were getting at, but that's what came up when I when I mm-hmm. saw the title there. So um but I I hope let's see. So you get the studio in uh in October is when you hit the studio. So October eighth. First right? of October, yeah. So uh yeah, that's we'd be good to get all the money in before then. So uh yeah. All right. Well, everybody, let's make Barry happen. Let's uh go make in make and... Barry happy. Well, yes. and happen Th- those two things. And happen. Yes. The two are synonymous, pretty much. Yes, and I am I'm looking happy for. When I'm happening. I am looking for this. I'm looking forward to this, and especially Barry's ninth. And uh, I hope this isn't the penultimate of Shriek Back, but I, I do hope it's as good as uh, as I'm expecting to sound. Just based on the last one, one thousand books was such an outstanding. It, it was the the kind of intellectual mental exercise that i could enjoy without having to go gina what's this about what's this about what's this about because i've had some records where i'm like i'm not going to spend five hours trying to dissect what this person's getting at it like tori amos's album the beekeeper it just didn't work but that one yes 1000 books just beautiful work and so that's what i'm hoping that this one is going to be it's going to be another Awesome it's, uh, I think you find it more approachable, actually. It's uh, it's kind of I think it's a much funnier record. It's got more jokes. It's Jeremy, got, I have to go yeah. now. No, hey, um, thank you. We have always. we have hit the hour, so thank you, Barry. Everybody, go check these out and dig it up. We we dig deep. We have a great album to make. So thank you for your time, Barry. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Yeah. Talk to you later, Jeremy. Okay. All the Take best, man. Bye. Yeah.